want to love you more. One of those things is to sit at your feet, to learn more about you, to know more, to love you deeper. So speak to us in this moment. Open up our hearts to receive who you are. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for this space. Thank you for this morning. We love you, Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning again, church. My name is Jamie Dykstra, and I get to serve as lead pastor for my church, for our church. And I'm, I'm so delighted to welcome you in to worship this morning, to gather together and study God's word as a church family. A special welcome to our Haywarden campus. I think it's so awesome that we can worship together in two locations at the same time. So welcome. Thank you for letting me into your space. And I pray that the Spirit is at work there just as the Spirit is at work here. And to all, who, all of you who are worshiping with us online or digitally, we're so grateful that you chose to join us for worship. Um, not only that you chose to worship God, but that you gathered with us this morning. So may the Lord bless you in that space as well as the Spirit opens you, your heart to his word um, this morning. So for all of us, welcome. I'm so grateful that you're here. Um, and I'm so excited to share with you some, some news about our church, um, about the next chapter of ministry that we're just about to enter into this morning. But before we get there, I want to share a little bit of history with you. So in 18. 77. Did you know that our church was founded in 1877? 1877, pioneering women and men made their way out to the prairie here and saw this land was good. And you know what they did? One of their first priorities was to plant a church right here. And that church was known as the Reformed, the West Branch Church. So the Reformed Church of West Branch. And it took on its geographical identity. So if you don't know the, the geography here, there's West Branch Creek that flows into the Floyd River. So they understood themselves as, as how they're placed in the world. Now, these pioneering women and men uh, rebranded in 1889, if you can believe that. They're cutting edge in 1889, and they became, and we became, First Reformed Church of Sioux Center. And we've been First Reformed Church for Sioux Center for a really long time. And that was a denominational identity. It was connected to our denominational roots. And we took on that identity for a long season. And it was an awesome season. God has done so many good things. In 2017, in 2017, Haywarden, uh, Haywarden Community Church uh, became part of our body. And we became a multi-site ministry. And, and that expression of Haywarden Community Church has been called Granite Church since then. And this morning, we, we start a new chapter together, all of us together in ministry. Uh, we'll, we're becoming Centerpoint Church. This is our, our new identity as we move forward in ministry together. This is our new logo and our new brand, Centerpoint Church. And I just want to share a little bit about, about who we are and why we chose this and the work that we've done. So we've been working since August with, with some co consultants on, on who we are, our whole history going back to 1877, and how we want to live into ministry and as we worked with our consultants, we were drawn to this logo and this name as a church. And I want to give some of the biblical foundation for that. So starting with the logo, if you look at the left side of the logo, um, it makes the shape of a C. I hope that you can see that. If you look at the negative space, so that's the white space in the center with the tail at the bottom, that makes the shape of a P for Centerpoint Church. And as, as we worked with our consultants and considered all kinds of different options, we were drawn to this for a couple reasons. And I just want to share them with you. Um, Centerpoint Church and that logo, when we saw that logo, it reminded us of that kiosk in the airport or in the mall. I don't go to the mall. But maybe you've seen one in the airport and it's a little pen that's dropped and it says, you are here. 
And it helps you know where you are in the store, or where you are in the airport, and helps you navigate um, and, and orient yourself to where everything else is. So we, we saw that. We saw that, that pin, and it reminded us of the, that, that kiosk, that sign that says, you are here. And it made us think of another thing, too, that you belong here. And this is something that we want to lead with. We want you to know that you're in the right place and that you belong here. So as this goes up on the side of the building, it's clear that this is the front door and you're in the right place and you belong here. As we did our work with Artistry Labs, our consultant out of Texas, um, we realized something that we were maybe blind to. In our zeal to engage people new to town and far from Jesus, which we're not going to lose, in that zeal and that continual um, invitation to engage people that are new, new to town and far from Jesus, we inadvertently excluded people that are already here. Or maybe we, we allowed you to feel excluded. So one of the things we were looking for in a brand and a name is something that says, no, you're here and you belong here. Um, you're in the right place and we love and appreciate you. So when you see that symbol, I want you to experience that feeling. Um, the thing about it, though, is when you see that on the side of the building, um, the church, this building, is not the destination. So you're here and you belong here, but we love you so much that you can't stay here. And as, as I, I saw that logo, I thought, you know what that reminds me of? On my smartphone, it reminds me of my Google Maps app. Now, I know not everyone has a smartphone, and maybe not everyone uses Google Maps, but Google Maps is a, an application that helps you navigate from one place to another. It gives directions. It's, it's also a GPS. So if I want to know how to get uh, to a place in Sioux City, I can type in the address, and it'll give me step-by-step directions to get right there. So that's the other thing I want you to think about when you see our, our Centerpoint Church logo. Um, not only are you here and you belong here, but this is the place where you get direction. This is the place to come and, and get direction for this life of discipleship. This is the place that's going to help you take that next step and, and navigate the journey of life on this journey that we are with, uh, on with Jesus. So not only are you here and belong here, but you're sent from here. We're a sent people. This is not the place to stay or the place to huddle. This is the place to get direction from the Word of God and navigate the life of discipleship together. There, there are two mindsets that I, I want to highlight too that I think this logo helps um, hopefully center in us and live into as a church. Um, one's, one's called the bounded set mindset or the bounded set model for mission and ministry. And it's prevalent across the United States. It's been uh, probably a, a mental model that's been working in the background in our church for a long time. So if you think of a bounded set, a bounded set is, it's like a rectangle, like your house, like four walls, and there's inside, and there's outside, and there's a threshold with a door. And, and that's where movement happens from outside to inside or from inside to outside. This bounded set mindset is how we've understood church for a long time. There's the people that are here inside, they're us, and there's people that are out there that are outside, they're them. And there's an us and them thing that develops. And where you see movement, only, the really only place to track movement, or at least that we focus on movement, is right on that, that boundary of the rectangle, right on that threshold where you transition from, from being outside to inside. And that might look like baptism and profession of faith or something like that. But um, outside of that, it's hard to see movement. And I wondered uh, for a while as a pastor if there is movement. There's not much happens that outside. Outsiders stay outsiders. And there's not a lot of movement inside. Insiders stay insiders. And, and this mindset affects the way that we do in ministry. It kind of operates under the surface of how we see the world and how we see people. Um, what I'm inviting you into and what I think we've been trying to lean into and live into as a church for quite a while is a centered set mindset. So if I was to drop 
a pebble in a pond, you know what would happen, right? It would make a little splash, and those concentric circles would go all the way to the shore, at least at some point, right? The reach of that little pebble in the pond would go all the way to the shore. That's the centered set model where Christ is at the center, and there is no outside or inside. There's closer and there's further from Jesus. And there's a step for you to take all the time. There's a, a, a life of discipleship to take a step forward. There's a life of sanctification to take a step towards Christ all the time. And all of us are always invited to be on the move. And here's the reality about that, that bounded set mindset. I think it lets us believe that we arrive somewhere and that we stay there. We're in. And that's not how this works. Um, there is no staying there. You're either growing or you're not. You're either drawing closer to Jesus or you're drawing away from him, but we never stand still. So what we're trying to introduce in the concept that we want to be part of the heartbeat of our church is that Christ is the center and we're inviting people that are further from Christ to him and we're inviting you to him. So no matter how near or far you are from Jesus, the invitation is to take a step toward him today. And that's a life of constant movement following the way of Jesus that stretches all the way the ends of the earth, which brings us back to our name, Centerpoint Church. Christ is the center and the point of everything we do, and we exist to make Christ known. Welcome to Centerpoint Church. I, I want to share a video with you that, that outlines some of the values that, that, that'll be the anchor points as we move through ministry. And over the next several weeks, we're going to talk about who we are and our mission this morning. We're going to talk about our vision. We're going to talk about these values and a pathway to help drive engagement in this life of discipleship as we draw closer to Jesus, the center point of our life. So let's check out this video right here. So there's a lot to unpack, and I'm really excited to walk through all the work that God has been doing through the power of his spirit and a group of people and our board's leadership to get us to this point. But today, today we're going to focus on why we're here. We're going to focus on our mission, and we're going to explore that question, why are we here? Because I think that's the question we always have to start with, why? So why are we here? Specifically, I want to focus on um, the mission that God has given our particular church in the broader context of the mission that God has given the church. So how is God calling us as a church? And I want to trace some of those biblical foundations. So I can't trace it all because it's kind of all there. It's a lot of the Bible is encapsulated in what we're trying to do. But I want to highlight a couple of the biblical foundations to help you see how God is calling us as a church and a people to be centered on Christ and to live into mission together. So before we go to God's word, I want to ask the Spirit to open our hearts to it. So would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, may your word be our rule. 
your spirit, our teacher, and the glory of Jesus, our single concern. Amen. So we're going to start in Ezekiel. Uh, we, we, saw, we saw a passage from Ezekiel earlier in January, but you can follow along in your pew Bible. I'm going to go through a lot of scriptures, so if you want to grab a pen and just write them down and, and check them out later, they're going to be up on the screen. But Ezekiel's a guy, a prophet in the Old Testament that's been empowered and imbued with the Holy Spirit of God to speak truth to Israel and what's going on and what God is doing. So he is the voice of God to the people, and he's the voice of God to us. This is a real guy that was inspired by God's Holy Spirit. And what Ezekiel's doing in in Ezekiel chapter 34, at least this little section we're going to engage with, is he's um, clearly outlining God's scope and plan for restoration. So this, this goes all the way back to the Old Testament and goes all the way back to the very beginning. God has a plan of restoration. And this is what Ezekiel writes, Ezekiel 34, 11. For this is what the sovereign Lord says. I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so I will look after my sheep. I will rescue them. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak. You might be here today and not know that that God's talking about you. You might not be aware of your lostness. Um, And here's the beautiful and scary thing. God knows you. God knows exactly where you are, even if you don't. And God loves you so much. God loves you so much that he sent his son to die for you. Can you believe that? That's how much God loves us, that he sent his only son to rescue you. God has been on a mission to rescue you from your sin for quite a while now. And this is why Jesus came. So before Jesus was even born, this is what the angel of the Lord said. You are to give him the name Jesus because, why? He will save his people from their sins. What is Jesus' mission? Here's Jesus in his own words. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. Jesus came to keep God's promise, to carry out God's mission. This is, what, this is what he says in John chapter 10. I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. God said, I myself will search for my sheep. I will rescue them. I will search for the lost. Ever since we walked away from God, ever since sin entered the world, ever since we broke that relationship, God has been on a mission to bring us back to him. And Jesus is the fulfillment of that mission. He's the fulfillment of God's promise. I myself will search for my sheep. I will rescue them. I will search for the lost. Jesus' mission was to seek and save the lost. And Jesus has invited his church. He's invited us. He's invited you into this work into this mission. Jesus has given us the privilege and the responsibility, the privilege and the responsibility to participate in his mission of reconciliation to redeem the whole world, broken by sin. And here are Jesus' instructions to us. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And, and surely I'm with you always. I am with you always to the very end of the age. What Jesus is saying here is, is as you go, 
along the way. What Jesus assumes and presumes is that we're moving. We're not in or out. We're on the move. And we're on the move all throughout the week, not just as we gather here in this place where you belong. We're on the move. And as you live your life, as you engage in life, as you earn a living, as you raise a family, as you pursue an education, as you go, wherever it is that you're going, all along the way, make disciples in everything you do. Make disciples everywhere, all the time. Make disciples. Jesus commands us, and Jesus' command assumes movement. So where is it that we're going? If we're moving, what's, what's the compass bearing that Jesus has set for us? How do we know to, how to direct our feet and direct our path as we all move together as followers of Jesus? Again, Jesus is crystal clear. This is what he says. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. As Christ followers, we are witnesses commissioned to testify to the good news, to share the story of the life and death and resurrection of Jesus, to share the gift of grace offered through Jesus' shed blood on the cross with the world. For all who would believe, you are all witnesses and you are all called to testify to this good news. We stand in a long line of pioneers who have faithfully carried out this mission. Do you know that West Branch Creek is the ends of the earth? That it made it all the way here. Can you believe that? And in 1877, pioneering women and men planted a church right here. A church now called Centerpoint Church. Look at all that God has done. And remember, and remember what God is calling us to do. Why are we here? Why are we here manning this outpost at the ends of the earth? What is it that God has for us? Well, here's the deal. We're here because the work isn't finished. The work isn't finished. This is our mission as a church. At Centerpoint Church, we're a community of believers impacted by God's saving grace and the love he demonstrated in Jesus Christ. Amen? Our response to this amazing grace is to allow it to transform our lives and to share it with others. As a body of believers, our purpose, we find our purpose in knowing Christ and growing together and in reaching beyond ourselves to help others do the same. Christ is the center and the point of everything we do. We exist to make Christ known. The mission this mission isn't about us. The mission's not about us. Now I want to hold up one parable that's found in two places. One parable found in two places that brings clarity to our call. How is it we go about this work? And it's the parable of the lost sheep. So first I want to look at it in Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. And I hope, I hope as, as we read this parable, that Old Testament passage from Ezekiel is ringing in the back of your mind. Ezekiel 34. So as we read Matthew 18, I hope you think of how this connects to Ezekiel 34 and the trajectory that God has us on as a church. This is what Jesus said. What do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go look for the one that wandered off? 
And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he is happier about that one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should be lost. So in Matthew chapter 18, this parable is sandwiched between a discourse on having childlike faith, like really believing that Jesus is exactly who he says he is, and conflict resolution. So Matthew 18 starts with this idea of having childlike faith and coming to the Lord like we would as a child, and believing with a faith that is pure. And then at the end of this, there's this Matthew 18 discourse on conflict resolution. How does it we work out our differences with each other? What's a healthy way to resolve conflict? That's right where this is placed. This lost sheep, the lost sheep in this passage that Jesus is referring to is within the body. You're here today. You're part of this body. That's, that's who Jesus is talking about. Jesus is talking about seeking those that are within the church, within the body of Christ. Seeking out immature believers, seeking out disciples who've wandered away, seeking out disciples who have drifted into sin, seeking out disciples who have been misled by false teachers, and calling them back, calling them back to their first love, calling them back to a childlike faith, calling them back to engage in the mission that Christ has given his church. So on the one hand, God's heart is for the one who's lost within the body, And on the other hand, God's heart is for the one that knows nothing of Jesus yet, the one that's far from Jesus, that doesn't know Jesus at all. So I want to flip to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15, it's the same parable with a different focus. This is what Jesus said. Then Jesus told him this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Sounds familiar, huh? Does he not leave the ninety-nine? in the open country, and go after the lost sheep until he finds it. And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. The lost church... The lost sheep exists within the church and exists, exists beyond the church. We are a church and we will be a church that values the one. Just as Jesus called, was called to seek and to save the lost, we are called to seek and save the lost, the lost within the church and the lost beyond our church. Christ is the center and the point of everything we do. We exist to make Christ known. This is the centered set mindset that we're leaning into as a body. Christ is the center of it all. And no matter how close or far you find yourself from Jesus, the invitation is to take a step. Take a step toward him. All of us can do this. God said, I myself will search for my sheep. I will rescue them. I will search for the lost. Ever since we walked away from God, and we did, I'd love to tell you more about that if you're interested. Ever since we broke our relationship with God, ever since sin entered the world, there's been a problem we can't fix. God said, I myself will need to fix this. And that's exactly what he's done. God has been on a mission to bring us back to him from the very beginning, and Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promise. Jesus invited his church. He's invited you 
He's invited us together into this work, into this mission, and he's given us the privilege and the responsibility. And there's a responsibility to do this kingdom work, to participate in his mission. Here it is again at Centerpoint Church. We're a community of believers impacted by God's saving grace and the love he demonstrated in Jesus Christ. Man, that's good news. We have good news to share. Our response to this amazing grace, and I don't know how else you can respond, our response to this amazing grace is to allow it to to transform our lives and to share it with others. We are the one, and we seek the one. As a body of believers, we find our purpose in knowing Christ and growing together and, and reaching beyond ourselves to help others do the same, to invite them into the same gift that we've been given. So the challenge this morning, the challenge for you is to lean into this mission. Lean in with me. Remember, maybe you haven't thought about this for a long time, so be intentional and remember, you were the one. It was once you. Do you know that? Do you know it right here? You were the one. Maybe maybe you are the one. And we're going to be a church that seeks the one. We stand in a long line of pioneers who have faithfully carried out this mission. West Branch Creek is the ends of the earth, people. But this work is not finished. It's our turn. It's our turn to expand the reach of the kingdom to the ends of the earth, to seek the one far from Jesus until every square inch of creation has been reclaimed and redeemed by Jesus Christ. And it starts by reaching one more. One more. On Saturday, one more person gave their life to Jesus and I was there. It was so good. Reaching one more. So my question for you this morning, who is your one? As you go, Along the way, as you live the life God's calling you to live in the place God strategically placed you, who's your one? Who is God calling you to be in an intentional relationship with? What is one step that you could take this week, something that you can do tomorrow and the next day and the day after that, one step that you can take this week toward a person who's further from Jesus, how you can reach out to someone who has a need, What's one step that you can take this week to make Christ known? What's one step that you can take this week towards personal transformation? Because God's not done with us yet either. Maybe you have a need. Who will you reach out to? How can you meet a need and how can you express your need so that we can care for each other on this journey of discipleship together as we draw closer to the one who died and rose again for you? Why are we here? Christ is the center and the point of everything that we do. We exist to make Christ known. Welcome to Centerpoint Church. Would you pray with me? Father, we come with hearts full of gratitude for what you've done, for what you're doing, and what you've promised to do. We throw ourselves at the feet of Jesus, who has died and rose again so that we might have life and have it to the full. 
that we might live in the abundance of the kingdom. And God, you've strategically placed us all throughout the region. And on the way, you've invited us to make disciples as we go. And God, you've been pretty clear that your heart is for the lost within and the lost who are beyond. And as a church, we ask that you'd be the center and the point of everything that we do. That we would understand our life, no matter where you've called us vocationally, whatever stage of life that we're in, whatever we're pursuing, that we'd understand our life, that we exist. Our purpose is to make Christ known. So Spirit, would you open our hearts and our eyes to the one you're calling us to reach? And God, would you open our hearts and our eyes to what's going on within us and where we stand in need? That we might be a body, a people that is about the one. God, we love you, but you loved us first. Jesus, you've made this so simple. You've made this so easy, and sometimes you make it so hard. So God, would you help us to have clear minds and clear hearts and clear eyes to see you and to follow you. Would you be the center and the point of everything that we do? We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.